you'd like to turn your Bibles to Matthew 6, verse 19, and um, the heading of this is the treasuries of in, in heaven, um, and it's out of the passion, um, sorry, yeah, it's out of the passion. So don't keep hoarding for yourself earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decay, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen, will never rust, decay or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded and the light floods in, but if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate the darkness takes its place, hold profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter. How could you worship two gods at the same time if you will hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other? You cannot worship the true God while enslaved to a God of money. And aren't we seeing that today in the world? That people are just putting their trust in what's here on earth decaying rusting banks things are just crumbling around us but God is the true heavenly treasure who we can put into Um, and in verse one of that chapter it's it starts off to examine our motives Um, in verse three it says to demonstrate generosity With pure motives. In verse 4 it says, Give secretly and God will reward you openly. And I was just thinking of um, the parable in Luke. um, The rich rich fool God mentions it as. Um, In Luke chapter 12 and in verse... 16 and Jesus then gave them instructions so in one of the Bibles it's it's the parable of the rich fool and um, a wealthy land land owner had a farm that produced bumper crops every year the harvest was great it filled his barns to overflowing he thought what should I do now that every barn is full I have nowhere else to store more. I know that I will tear down my barns and build one massive barn to hold all my grain and goods. Then I can sit back, surround with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. God said to him, what a fool. You are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messenger of death will demand to take your life, then who will all your wealth you have stored up for yourself? The same thing will happen to all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. Isn't that a um, such a warning for us? You know, are we storing up? Where are we storing our wealth? And um, in Galatians it says, whatever a man sows, that he will reap. And... Um, In the last couple of months, I've been sowing thousands of vegetables. um, And it starts from a seed, it goes to a seedling, and then it gets planted in. 
And, you know, the cabbages starts from a seedling. It gets, we expect cabbages, you know. And same with the onions. It starts from a seed. It gets grown. It expects that. So as we sow our money, we expect to get money back. But there's also that seed, time, and how long time will be, and a harvest. So I do believe we will come into the time when we sow and reap in that same day. Um, and in Proverbs 13, 22, it says, A sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. And is God going to trust us with the wealth of the wicked? If he can't trust us with what he's given us now, is he going to trust us with the wealth of what's coming to the church? And um, um, on Tuesday night, we had a video from Joyce Meyer. And um, one of the things that she said was, in doing is blessing. So if we sow to God, there is a blessing in that sowing. And where are we sowing? Are we sowing to our own kingdom or are we sowing to God's kingdom? And as everyone see around that the children have got on their shirts or some of the leaders have, it says, put first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So let's put God first in what we he blesses us with and entrust him with what we have and um, stockpile our heavenly treasures in him. Um, and I guess the, the letterbox is up the back. The envelopes are at the front if you want tithes and offering envelopes. And um, let's put into God's kingdom and trust him for the rest. More of your presence, more of your wisdom, more of your understanding, more of your power to be released in the house. Father, as your word comes forth under the authority and the power of that anointing, it shall produce that which you sent it forth to produce, the harvest. Lord, we thank you for the harvest that is coming. The seed that has been sown will bring forth according to your word. For it is a self-fulfilling word. The power is within the seed. When that seed is received into the good ground, 30, 60, 100 fold, Holy Spirit, we rely upon you to teach us, to show us, to cause the water to come upon that seed 
that we can be a fruitful harvest under you, that this house can be all that you've called it to be according to your glory and your power in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing within the hearts, the work that you're preparing so that you can have your glorious church in this earth. And we thank you, Father, we can be a part of that because of your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'd like you to turn to Colossians chapter 1. You're probably starting to become familiar with these scriptures now, but don't let that familiarity cause you to slacken in your hope for the revelation of truth to become a reality in your experience, to be walking in the power of the resident Holy Spirit. God is preparing the hearts of people in his church to receive a double portion. Can we handle twice as much of what the book of Acts was walking in? Can we handle double the trouble? You know, when the house is filled with the presence of God and the glory of God, that's all you need. You are the house of God. Now, it's great when the corporate gathering is overflowing and the house is full of people. But that does not determine the presence and power of God. You, as an individual dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, can have as much of the Holy Spirit as you desire. Can you be walking by yourself in the presence of God and be so overwhelmed that you are completely, absolutely, totally satisfied in him, not looking for anything else but his presence? I spent much of my day yesterday just telling Jesus how good he was, just enjoying being with him.
See, this is what it's really all about, the one-to-one relationship that the Holy Spirit is developing between us and Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. He is the anointing upon the anointed one, Jesus. That anointing is sufficient for everything you could possibly desire. But that anointing is cultivated in the secret place, in the presence of God, when it's just you and him. Now, the corporate anointing is, is, is great. And I love the, 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 the experience of a large corporate anointing gathering. It's a buzz. But I tell you, I have been so buzzed this week personally being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So regardless of the number of people who are gathered in the house, his presence is what I hunger for more than anything else. And if we have such a a, a hunger and an understanding of what he's preparing and not be distracted by the, the, the distractions which they are of the enemy. The enemy tries to get your eyes off the presence of Jesus, onto some circumstance, onto something that else that's been happening to distract. But we have to learn to be able to bring it all into him and say, Lord, I just want to be in your presence. I want to know what it is to be saturated, to be overwhelmed in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to read these verses for you in Colossians 1. And uh, where will we start? We'll start at 26 again. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy, and I'm going to put in there hungry, believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Without the expectation, you will not experience the holiness of the glory. The hope is coming to a realisation. As that hope becomes your realisation, your faith is going to begin to swell and grow and develop in him and there's going to be an overwhelming presence of God that's going to be a, a release of the glory in you that's going to make you beautiful, that's going to make you so attractive, that's going to cause the presence of God to abide in you. He's looking for a dwelling place. There are many, many, many Christians who experience and enjoy having the encounter with God, but it's, it's, a, it's almost like a visit, a Holy Spirit visit. 
but he wants to be dwelling. He wants to be able to come into your house and be free to move into every area of the house. He wants to have access into every part, every thought, every intention, every act, everything you're doing, he wants to be involved in that. And when you will um, uh, recognize that and allow him to just permeate your being in such a way that he can just flood and fill you every day in every way, you're going to come into an understanding of the indwelling presence of the Most High. And it will give you the biggest high, the most high you'll ever experience. When you know that you know, you're in the presence of God. Now, I'll finish this. Revealed, unfolded and manifested. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to reveal the word. He wants to unfold. He wants to open the eyes of our understanding so revelation light floods in and causes our heart to be unclouded. The scripture talks about the light and the darkness and if the the light that's in you is darkness, how dark is the darkness? That that sounds a bit strange, but but God wants to to infuse or... uh, penetrate all the areas in us that have not yet received a revelation of the truth of the power of the resurrected Christ. He wants that resurrection life flowing through you. He wants you to know what it is to be walking in the experiential knowledge of the glory of God. Now, Jesus was the Son of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, He had the fullness of the Godhead resident in him, but he spent a lot of time by himself with the Father. So that when he was in the company of other people, it was the Father's glory that was revealed. He said, I only do that which I see my Father doing. I only say that which I hear my Father say. We too can walk in that experience. My personal prayers, Lord, I only want to be doing what you are doing. I only want to say what you want to be said. Why was it that Jesus could go to a a place that's full of people who need healing and just heal one person? Was it a lack of compassion? No, he was following what the Father was doing. He was following the anointing of the Spirit of God who was quickening the 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 understanding of his heart to do just what the Father was saying, to have a personal relationship with Jesus where it is one-to-one walking with Christ, living in the power of the resident Christ within you. Now you may say, well, why doesn't everybody have such the hunger as I have for Jesus? Because there's a price to pay. There's a cost involved. There's the surrender of my will so his will can be done. How much are we prepared to surrender? I will finish this. Unfolded, 
manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation. Who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. He is a precious hope. That expectation that he's going to flood every part of my being becomes a heavenly treasure hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. How are they going to know it? By a people who are wholly consecrated, separated unto Christ to allow the holiness of the Spirit of Christ to become our lifestyle. And that's not a matter of putting on an outward show. That's an attitude of the heart that surrendered and yielded to the Holy Spirit. If you, if you understand the, the ministries that God empowers and uses for the miraculous in so many ways are those who are yielded to the Holy Spirit. The more we yield, the more we'll yield. The more we yield to him, the more we will yield the harvest of the heart of the Father. It's all about how much am I prepared to yield myself, to put aside my own agenda, to put aside my thoughts for his thoughts. Can I have the mind of Christ? Yes, What does it cost? Everything. Am I prepared to give everything? Let me think about that. And the more you think about it, the more you realise, oh, there's still a few things that I want to have my own way in. But God is creating a yieldedness and I believe there's going to come a spirit flow through the anointed glory flood that's coming that's going to bring a spirit-willing yieldedness. See, when the presence of God and the glory of God gets so overwhelming, we begin to realise, why will I ever hold back? And that attitude of yielded to that anointing becomes a hope of the glory, that expectation, I want more. See, God will allow us to experience certain things in our walk with him to see how we're going to respond, to see what we're going to do with what he offers, to see how we're going to receive what he's saying and be hungry for more, or are we going to be satisfied with just surface Christianity, something that looks good, feels good. See, the things that Jesus went through to to bring the harvest under the Father, it wasn't pleasant at times. It was a lonely experience for him often. When it comes to having fellowship with other people, he had to separate himself so he could be solely and wholly flooded and filled 
with the presence of God. We have to separate ourselves from the distractions in the world and spend time waiting on God in his presence so we have that, that clear, visible understanding of what he wants us to be doing. How much do we desire to walk in the truth? See, truth will be revealed according to the the amount of hunger or the obedience to what we hear and walk in. If we want more revelation, if we want more unfolding of the things of God, we need to be walking in the truth we hear. And sometimes we hear truth and we struggle with it. Or I should say, our mind wants to think about it. Well, is that God or is that Jeff? I'm not sure. Would you like to turn to Matthew chapter 11? I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, but I also like the King James, the New King James Version. So we might have a bit of a mix and match. Now, Matthew 11 and verse 25. Then Jesus exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth, and you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead, you have shared it with those who humble themselves. Yes, Father, Your plan delights your heart. As you've chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have become like trusting children. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the Son except the Father. And no one fully and intimately knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to unveil the Father to anyone he chooses. The Son, Jesus, is able to unveil the Father to anyone he chooses. His invitation, right here. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, and I'll refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, 
easy to please. You will find refreshment, and that word means cheerfulness, and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. All he requires is pleasant and easy to bear. So these people are talking about this hard Christian life. Maybe there's something lacking that they haven't picked up yet that Jesus is offering and they're carrying something they shouldn't be carrying. The enemy wants to put burdens on, loads on. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. It would be good to be doing this and it would be good. Maybe it is. But is it the will of the Father? Oh, but there's so many. Yes, I know. But is it the will of the Father? But there were so many people that needed healing. Why did Jesus only heal one person? That's up to the Father to decide. Do we sometimes get overwhelmed by all the things that need to be done? And Jesus is saying, all you have to do is follow me and my load is easy. The, the King James Version talks about being yoked. <clears throat> being yoked. Take my yoke. One translation says you do that by accepting his teaching. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The invitation is to embrace the yoke. To willingly yield to be yoked together with Jesus. Caleb, have you got that illustration of being yoked? If you don't know what a yoke is, it's that thing that keeps the two oxen or cattle together. So that yoke represents what Jesus is talking about when he says, come to me, give me your burden and walk with me. Be yoked with me. This is what Jesus is saying. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Walk in my ways, come with me, follow my lead. See, two people yoked together. Who's going to take the lead? Oh, yes, I'm yoked with Jesus, but sometimes we decide we're going to take the lead. And we're dragging Jesus somewhere he never wanted to go. Could that be? So we have to learn to yield to the master. Yielding to the one who's wanting to bring us into the fullness of the realms of the Spirit of God, but we have to be willing to take his yoke upon us. That's his invitation. Will you yield? Will you submit? 
to embrace that yoke with a willingness to walk in my ways and trust me. If the burden is getting heavy, if your Christian walk is not enjoyable, you have slipped the yoke. Because Jesus said very clearly, it's easy to please me if you walk with me. My burden is it. See, he wants to carry the load. He wants to take the pressure that you're carrying and give you joy, peace, righteousness, to enjoy walking the Christian experience and understand the fullness of what it means to be walking with Jesus, being yoked with him. Now, when they're teaching a young ox or cow or whichever animal's being yoked, they're on a pretty loose rope. (laughs) And when we start out in that Christian walk, we're not really right next to Jesus, yoked and doing everything he wants us to do. We're sort of out there going and doing our own thing as a young person and floating. It's like a long rope that you're on, but you're, you're sort of heading in the same direction because the rope is just that long. But as you begin to mature and understand the teaching and receive his teaching, that rope begins to shorten. And you're not as free to do whatever you want to do if you want to be walking with Jesus. Follow me, Jesus said. Some people, some Christians are following at a distance. At least they're following. Well, maybe that's good. But as we grow up, God wants to rein in the rope that we've been yoked on and bring us right next to Jesus so that every day we're walking next to him. Now, the thing about it is a couple of things I wrote down. When we are truly yoked with Jesus, we experience everything together. Everything together. You're yoked from the moment you get up till you go to bed. You don't slip the yoke during the night. You're yoked with him. So everywhere you go, you have to understand I'm walking with Jesus. He's the lead person. I'm yielding to that yoke every day and I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to talk with him. I'm going to go where he goes. I'm going to be where he goes and I'm going to receive everything that Jesus receives because I'm going to be right, right, right with him. Now, the thing about Jesus, you know that he has an anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that stayed upon him. That anointing has a fragrance that only those who walk beside him can smell. 
You can only smell the fragrance of Christ if you're close to him. And he wants us to inhale that anointing so that we become the fragrance of Christ. Christ has a fragrance. For that fragrance to get on us, we have to be walking with him. Do you understand that? You will only be able to experience the fragrance of Christ if you are yielded to the yoke. I want to read this verse in 2 Corinthians, which speaks about the fragrance of Christ. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and it says in verse 14, God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph through our yielded lives. He spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. We have become the unmistakable aroma of victory. The fragrance of Christ will only get on you and be a part of your life if you remain yoked with him, walking with him every day. And when you're walking in the fragrance of Christ, it's a sweet smelling aroma under the Father, walking with Jesus and experiencing everything that the Father's poured out on Jesus, walking with him in a decision I make every day. I am going to be yoked with Jesus for the rest of my life. I have made that decision and that yoke is the place I want to be, right next to Jesus every day, all day, and anything that he says, he only has to whisper, because I'm right there. He doesn't have to drag me along because I've willingly embraced the yoke and that yoke is going to be able to cause me to flow in the presence of God where Jesus is going and only doing that which I see Jesus doing. That's what it means to be yoked with him. And it says, you will find rest for your soul. Now, I mentioned that maybe last week or the week before, I don't remember. But that rest that God wants us to come into is a supernatural rest of God. And the book of Hebrews speaks about it, that this rest is available for the people of God. It's always been available. It's always what God designed for the children of Israel to come into that rest of God, that place of being a king and a priest before him and to walk in that rest in the glory of God, in the peace of God, in the power of God, in the presence of God. And he wanted the people to come in and receive that and be part of the kingdom that he was designing them for. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. You speak to Moses and let Moses speak to us. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit so God can make that direct connection with us again. And we don't have to have anybody else speaking on our behalf between God and ourselves because we have direct access through the power of the resident Holy Spirit. 
and we can speak with him at any time and is right there if we choose to take his yoke upon us. Right there. And you can smell it. There's a spiritual fragrance that you can smell and you can also smell stinky because you learn to be so sensitive to the aroma of Christ that anything that's not sweet and pleasant, you can recognize it straight away and you know it's not of God. This rest for your souls. I looked up the word rest as it's used in the scriptures and it's the word anapausis. It's a pause. It's a rest for your mind, your will, and your emotions. Are your emotions at rest? Is your mind at rest or are you troubled? Is your will at rest? Am I just relaxed, being yoked with Jesus? I don't have to worry about what's happening tomorrow. I'm with Jesus. See, this is the reality of what God wants us to experience, a complete rest. I sleep well. Most of the time. Unless I'm having coffee with Jesus at three o'clock. But apart from that, I sleep in rest. I'm not troubled. I'm at rest. My mind is not worried. I don't worry about things. I'm at rest. I'm yoked with Jesus. Come on, get the picture. He's right there with me. I don't have to fear a thing. I don't have to be worried about anything because I have yielded and I'm walking with him. I'm at rest. My mind, my will, my emotions, all surrendered, yielded, to the Holy Spirit. It actually means intermission, rest, intermission, or recreation. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy. I'm easy to please. It's not a burden to please Jesus. It's not I'm striving to make myself righteous before him with all the good works I'm doing. No, I'm just walking and talking with Jesus every day, in every way, and life's good. It can't be that easy. Yes, it can. If you yield everything to him, you can live a worry-free life. When you have a reality that Jesus is right next to me, why will I be worried? Remember when I was, when we were young, little kids, we used to go to the pictures and there were two main features. And in between the two main features was an intermission, popcorn time. 
That's what he's talking about. That's the rest that he wants you to have. To be relaxed in the presence of Jesus. I'll read you another verse in uh, John, Gospel of John, chapter 16. Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus speaking with his disciples and he says, there is so much more I would like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at the moment. It's more than you can handle. I've got so much I want to share with you, but you can't handle it yet. Oh, yes, we can. Jesus, come on, we've been hanging around with you for three years. We can handle it all now. A bit like Peter. Lord, I'm, I'm with you all the way. Till a bit of opposition came. There is so much more I'd like to share with you, but you can't grasp it yet. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth or he'll unveil the reality of every reality within you. See, it's in you. It's already in you, in the package of Christ within. When the Holy Spirit came, he brought the kingdom of God and it's resident and he wants to reveal it, but he can only reveal it as we are yielded. The more we yield, the more he'll reveal. And then the more we will yield of what he has revealed. We will be very, very fruitful. (laughs) Full of fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. You know, all of that good fruit coming out of us because we're yielding to the Spirit of Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes to reveal the reality of everything, he won't speak on his own authority, but only what he hears from the Father, he'll reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive of what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while you will see me in a new way. I wonder what new way the Holy Spirit wants to reveal Jesus to you. Do you think you've seen it all? Mm -mm. There's an unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries of God and the Holy Spirit wants to reveal them. The more we yield, the more he can reveal. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then you will see me in a new way. Some of the disciples ask each other, what does he mean? Soon you won't see me, and a little while after that, you'll see me in a new way. And what does he mean? Because I'm going to the Father. They were clueless. Because I'm going to my Father. So they kept on repeating, what is the meaning of a little while? 
We have no clue what he's talking about. And that's why Jesus said, I've got some things I want to share with you, but you can't handle it yet. Because he was giving them revelation truth, but they couldn't handle it, they couldn't hear it, they couldn't process it. But now we have the Holy Spirit resident within us. And when we hear something that we don't understand, we just say, Holy Spirit, I'm clueless. Please show me. That's yielding. Holy Spirit, I have no idea what you're talking about. Please show me. Unfold the scriptures. Bring light, revelation into my heart so I can see clearly. Help me as I'm walking yoked with Jesus, going where Jesus is going so that you can reveal to me the heart of the Father so I can walk in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's a psalm that says, Psalm 73, verse 24. Passion translates. It says, You lead me with your secret wisdom, and following you brings me into your brightness and glory. That is where Jesus is leading. And when we are yoked with him, he's leading us into a brighter revelation of truth and experience of the glory. How much can you handle? Now, Because we all have a free will and our own opinions, it takes time for the Holy Spirit to move upon a corporate gathering to bring a oneness of heart and purpose and thought and direction that he's doing it. And only the Holy Spirit can do it. Only the Holy Spirit knows your thoughts. Only the Holy Spirit can bring those thoughts into line with Christ. But if we choose to be yoked with him, the Holy Spirit's work becomes a lot easier. When we choose to yield every day, Holy Spirit, please show me. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to have that experiential knowledge of knowing he's right there with me. I want to have that rest in my life at all times that my mind, my will and my emotions are completely at rest in the path that I'm walking with him. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to take on the burdens of everybody else. I just listen and walk with Jesus so I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in the power of of the Holy Spirit as I determine to stay yoked to the Word by yielding to what the Word is saying, receiving it in my heart and walking in obedience to the truth and rejecting anything else from outside that does not line up with the Word of God. 
Now, I know that God is working in the house and he's producing within the hearts of his people a oneness of thought, purpose and action. The, the heart of this church is becoming impressed by the Holy Spirit. And I know that there are people, not here this morning, but some that are having greater understanding of the visions and dreams that God is giving them. And there are people having supernatural encounters with God that they've never had before because the words coming forth that beginning to come with understanding of the realms of the Spirit where you're expecting, where you've got a greater hope of the interpretation of what God wants to bring into your life life, about the dream realm, about the spirit realm, about the things that we have no clue about, but as we remain yoked with the Holy Spirit, he's enlightening our hearts and people are dreaming things at night and God is showing them things and you want to become aware of the things that God's showing you and ask him, Lord, I haven't got a clue what that was about, but please show me, give me understanding. Now, As you know, I often talk with Caleb about things to do with the church, things to do with what I'm seeing, with what he's seeing. He is a seer. He sees things differently to me, but he definitely gets in tune with the Spirit of God and he's got an ear and an eye to hear and see what God wants him to be doing and he's yielded to the Holy Spirit in such a way that God is speaking through him and I ask him, Many, many times, Caleb, what's God showing you? What are you seeing in the Spirit? And Caleb is beginning to uh, share things with me and, and he may get a portion that fits together with a portion I have and the thing starts to work really well. So I said to him during the week, Caleb, can you just have a look, ask the Holy Spirit, what he's doing, what he's planning to share and say on Sunday because we want that spirit word, that anointed word, that now word, that word that's going to lead us on in God and we're so hungry for truth that we want to bring the revelation of what God is saying. And so during the week, the Holy Spirit began to show Caleb some things and he mentioned it to me. So then I caught up with him again during the week and we began to share some things and I'm going to ask him if he'll come now and share a couple of thoughts about what the Holy Spirit was showing him and I want you to listen very carefully and then I'll pick up a few thoughts after that. Thank you, Caleb. If he uh, wakes up, it's your fault. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Gee, it's good just submitting to what God wants to do with you. <laughs> and it has been such an adventure and a new thing for me to step into. It's not, I wasn't born this way. It's something that God showed me and then has been teaching me and leading me in. Um, so it's super fun. But I was walking to work and uh, I was listening to worship music on the way and eating a fig that I'd picked off someone's tree. That was fantastic. Man, that was good. Love fruit. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't mind. There was heaps on it. But I, I looked at 
Sunday, and I, I just kind of, it's hard to describe, but I just lean, lean in, I ask, what, Lord, what are you doing on Sunday? And sometimes it comes easy and sometimes it doesn't, but on Monday, it was really easy. I just, I, it was like, bam, right there, the picture was clear as day. And I saw this room and I saw the breath of the Lord beginning to swirl around the room. And Jeff asked me a great question. He said, how, do, how can you see breath? And I was like, wow, you really stumped me there. How can you see something you can't see? How do you see wind? Men- but Mention to them that you saw the breath a couple of weeks before right, that. Right. I was, uh, yeah, a few weeks before that, I'd, I'd seen, I was in worship and I just saw like a, a, literally a breath. It was a big volume of a breath, but it just came down the middle and it just kind of, it was like a, a push of, of smoke or something, except it wasn't smoke. I could see it was, it was the breath of the Lord just coming straight down here, just entering. And, uh, and so the only way I can describe it is I can, I know it's there, I can see it. It's like I can see like a, the result of it, but I can see it as well. Anyway, we'll let your mind wrap, wrap your head around that one. So I saw, I saw the breath, that same breath that I saw enter the room a few weeks earlier. I saw it starting to swirl around, gaining momentum. But I could see angels that were moving and being moved by it in rhythm with it, like a sea anemone, <laughs> sensitive to the, to the current. And that's, that's what I, I described it as. It, it was like the breath was the current of a river moving around. And then I, I began to see people standing here begin to pick up on it and be sensitive to it, just like the angels were being moved and, and sensitive to its moving. And then I saw people down the front here laying treasure down. They were laying treasure at the altar before the Lord. And what was happening was that as they were surrendering their treasure, it was being picked up by the, by the wind that was and the, the breath that was moving around. The treasure was getting picked up and it began to swirl around with the, with the wind, with the, with the breath. So that was, that was what I saw on the way to work on Monday <laughs> while eating my fig. It was great. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll hand it back over to you because what, what I, I caught up with Jeff and that's the joy of, of partnering with someone else and going on a journey that God's got you on with someone else is that, you know, I kind of left it there. But Jeff meditated on that and got heaps more. And I was like, oh, my golly, gosh, <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> I tell you, it, was, it was really interesting because when Caleb mentioned to me what he had seen, I thought, wow, that, that's a lot to see. But you see, simply because we are sharing this and speaking about it, you are becoming more aware and sensitive to it. 
And if you're hungry, God has some things he wants to be showing you also. Now, when I was meditating on this, of course I had coffee with Jesus again at three o'clock one morning afterwards. And the breath that was beginning to move around the room, the scriptures that came to me was the breath of the Lord is the breath of the spirit of life. So it's the breath of the spirit of life that God is breathing into the room. This is what he breathed into man at the very beginning of creation, that breath of life, the spirit of life, and that's what he's breathing into the heart of this church right now. Angels moving in every direction as if the breath is the current of a river. Isaiah 30 verse 28 says, His breath is like an overflowing stream. Now we have mentioned about the river of God. We have mentioned about the wave of glory that's coming. If you have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, you're going to get understanding and clarity of what's about to come into the house of God. Angels are moved in every direction as if the breath is the current of a river. The scripture says in Isaiah 30, 28, his breath is like an overflowing stream. And in Ezekiel, everywhere, everywhere where the river flows, there is life. Everything will live where the river flows. God wants the river of life that's in you to begin to flow out of you, giving life. Now, there have been prophecies coming out earlier in the year that were mentioned about the life that's going to be flowing through the river of God. Then he said, I see people beginning to become sensitive to the moving of the well or of the, the spirit or the flow or the breath. And the breath of the Almighty gives understanding. You will become more sensitive to the breath of the Spirit and God will give you more understanding of what he is doing, not only in your heart, but in your family, in your relatives, in the people that you're mixing with. God will give you revelation, knowledge and insight so you can speak a word in due season to bring the revelation light to cause people to understand what God is saying to them through you. So people beginning to become more sensitive to this moving of the breath of God. The scripture says in Job, the breath of the Almighty gives understanding. Then he said, I see people laying treasure down in the front of the room. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. What is it to lay your treasure down? It's to yield your heart. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. That's scripture. That's Matthew 6. Now, I said to Caleb, do you think there's a connection between laying your treasure down 
And what came out last week in what I thought was an offering teaching, which finished up being the whole message, it was all about bringing a breakthrough seed and laying it down, presenting it to God. I have my breakthrough seed with me. I'm sowing it today. Now, when I was sharing about that, I did not know it was going to be the whole message. Then a few days later, Caleb sees a vision of people laying down their treasure and that treasure being picked up. That means that that treasure, that heart that's been yielded, that treasure that's been presented is being received by God. So when you begin to plant your breakthrough seed, and I mentioned to you, this can be personal breakthrough. It can be a breakthrough in whatever area God is speaking to you about. But God is looking for a response to the word so we can act on your behalf and your breakthrough seed is between you and the Holy Spirit as to what he wants you to do, what he wants you to give. But as you give that and as you receive of what God is saying, then that's going to be what's going to be received by God. And I, I just wrote down what I saw. As we do that and surrender in worship, this is what he saw. The treasures that are laid down are picked up by the swirling breath and carried around the room. Our gift, the treasure of a surrendered heart of worship is a fragrant offering and a sacrifice acceptable to God. That's Philippians 4.18. So as we begin to respond to what God is saying and act in obedience to that word, God is giving you seed to sow for your breakthrough. Whatever that area may be, God wants you to begin to move into the next level, into the realm. And God is looking for obedience to his word to give him something, to respond to the word. And that's when he's saying, my people in the past have not been giving me out of their wealth. They've kept it to themselves. But as you bring that gift before the Lord, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, that is then your breakthrough seed. And I said to uh, to people that I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to write on your envelope my breakthrough seed. That's just so it rocks, it rocks in. It locks in with your, your understanding that I'm actually sowing something that God is going to work on that portion of seed, whatever it may be, and is going to act on my behalf to bring me into a breakthrough, a revelation of truth and understanding. And so God is speaking a word for this church if we'll act in obedience to the word. So our gift, our treasure of a surrendered heart, that's what it is. You have to yield your heart to do this. And that heart of worship is that fragrant offering. And what did I say before about being yoked with Jesus? That's the fragrance of the anointing, but you have to be right next to him if you're going to smell that anointing. So if you want to be walking in the fragrance of Christ, in that anointing of the Spirit, there's an opportunity to break through from what the enemy's trying to inhibit or stop in your life and receive that abundant flow from God. And it doesn't have to be some huge amount. It may be. It may be $10. It may be 
20, it may be 100, it may be 1,000. I don't know. It's what the Holy Spirit tells you to do and that act of obedience is going to cause God to work on your behalf to bring you through into another level in the realms of the Spirit of God. And I do not want to hold back and I will give whatever God wants me to give if it means I get to grow up in him a little more. The last thought I had on that, the Amplified Bible says about this breakthrough seed, this offering and sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. And this is the act that releases the realms of the riches of the glory of God. And I am so hungry for a greater revelation and experiential knowledge of the realms of the glory of God in this house. And we've showed you the glory wave, we've showed you the prophecies, we've showed you the things that God is saying. God is preparing hearts and this unity of heart and purpose is going to be so strong in him that nothing the enemy does is going to be able to stop the wave of glory that's coming. And the scripture speaks about it from glory to glory to glory. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said there's going to be wave after wave after wave of the presence of God increasing more and more as we hunger for the presence of God. And I've got scriptures to back it up, but not now. But God is preparing and he's so gently drawing people and saying, if you will just do what I say, then you'll have an experiential knowledge of the presence and the power of the resident indwelling Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the simplicity of the gospel that any child hearing this word can act in obedience to your word. So, Father, I'm asking that you would cause us to have a childlike heart experience, not to be complicated, but just to say, yes, Lord, I hear what you're saying. Help me to walk in the truth. Help me every day to yield my heart that I'm willing to be yoked with the Lord Jesus Christ so that I can walk where he's walking, talk the talk that he's talking, and see the things that he's seeing as the Father opens up the realms of heaven to unfold the wealth of glory that's going to unfold in the lives of his people as we hunger and thirst for righteousness. God is going to flood the house. You are the house of God, and God wants to overwhelm you with the presence and the power of his Spirit so that you know that you know you're walking in the realms of the glory of God, and God gets the glory as we yoke to him and all the praise and honour in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good time to have communion. If you haven't got communion yet, feel free to grab it. I'm going to read through all of um, the scripture that I had this morning. I just want to pick out 
um, one verse, and I want to send you home with homework if that's okay. So 2 Corinthians 5 in the Passion Translation, if you go right to the bottom, we're at verse 21. He's been um, talking about up until this point, Christ the Anointed One and um, the the heading in the chapter of this chapter is the message of reconciliation. But if we go right down to verse 21, it says, For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Jeff's just spoke all about being yoked. Our union with him is being yoked to him and what he came to set about to do. And so um, I'm not going to go any further (laughs) than that because it's going to (laughs) reteach where Jeff went. (laughs) So let's not. Um, But the whole point of communion is that we are yoked with him. And it's a constant, yeah, thank you. It's a constant reminder of what he's already done, thanks, of what he's already um, done for us and what he accomplished and for us to not um, slip the yoke that Jeff was talking about because it's pretty easy to start well. And then, you know, even Steve said, started the week well, got to what, Monday, Tuesday, a few, you know, bumps in the road and all of a sudden you find yourself not walking Um, as we should be, or maybe we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. So I'm just going to pray for us this morning, and we're going to take communion together. Is that all right? Great. Enthusiasm plus. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be yoked um, with you. We thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for his sacrifice. uh, And we thank you that he paid the price and um, has given us the ability to have relationship with you and to be yoked with you in everything that you um, are asking us to do. And so, God, we just pray today, even now, God, that you would um, help us to refocus back on who um, you say we are through what you purchased for us on the cross. And so we take this body right now. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And Jesus, we thank you for your blood shed for us. We thank you that um, it was one sacrifice for all time. But we also thank you that you say, do this in remembrance of you to bring us back to this point that we remember that we're yoked to you. And so we take that yoke upon us now as we drink this in Jesus' name. Amen. Steve's got some announcements for us. I'm going to do the camp announcement really quick. Is that all right? Come up. Come up. I'll do the camp announcement for you really quick. Um, 7th to the 9th of July, we are heading to Axdale to um, a rotary campsite out there as a family. 
um, to have a weekend away. So it's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We would really love for you to join us. Um, registrations are available right now on our website. So creekstreetchurchalloneword.com.au. Fill out the registration form. That gives me an understanding how many people are coming and what beds we need and all of that kind of stuff, the logistics. Um, and payment options are available now as well. So you can pay EFT through the square at uh, coffee or you can flick me some cash at some point or a bank transfer uh, to the church accounts with um, camp and your name in there somewhere would be fantastic. Um, just want to mention one thing quickly. Um, we do have a number of people who have approached me to financially contribute to others who can't make it to camp um, or are going to find it difficult to pay. So if you are someone who really wants to come desperately but knows financially it's just not something that you're going to be able to do, then you need to come and see me and we will make a way because we've got people ready to make a way for you. Is that okay? Amazing. Well, yeah, how, how was that, eh? There was plenty of stuff in there. Um, I'd encourage you to jump on the website and have a listen to that again. You'll get more out of it the second time around. It's uh, just on that, whilst Jeff was speaking, I had a, um, a picture. And Jeff showed you the picture of that wave. Well, the picture I had was a surfer on top of it. And, um, yeah, and to get on top of the wave, you need to put in a bit of a heart, little bit of an effort to get on top. But once you get on that wave, the power of that wave will take you right to the shore. So, yeah, that's, again, plenty of food for thought. And we put some of those practicalities in place. And, yeah, who knows where it will take us. So, uh, yeah, just... So we'll get into the announcements now. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, on Monday, we've got the uh, Parents' Kingdom Coffee and the Playgroup. So that's all here. Uh, Wednesday night, we've got the prayer meeting, which I would encourage you to come along because, yeah, it's a really, another good time to really connect. And what else have we got? We've got... Uh, Thursday, there's the prayer meeting over in the William room there where the parents and that get to the school community get together to pray for the school. On Wednesday evening, we're uh, wandering out to Maiden Gully to Tim and Coral's for men's night. Uh, fr Friday morning, we've got um, a breakfast for school students. And, of course, the uh, Kingdom Youth, straight after school here. So get along. If you're feeling the tug to help out, come along. So camp's already been mentioned. Uh, we've got yeah, donations for Fiji for um, the school over in Fiji. Uh, that can be all done through the square. And, uh, yeah, if you're interested in one of the Kingdom T-shirts, see Mel. And I'm sure there'll be an order in for those. So, 
So that's, I think that's all we've got done for. So uh, let's go into the rest of the day. Have a good evening or good, good day, good afternoon. And um, yeah, take God with you. Walk beside him.